Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. The Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all the usual social media outlets. Do your bit to support us on Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Twitter, Twitch and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Give us a like, share, subscribe and join our flourishing community of not just wrestling fans, but gamers, podcasters, musicians and more. Hello listeners and viewers and welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. My name's Troy, joined by Jay as always, uh, and we are here to review this week's edition of NXT UK from the 23rd of September. How are you, mate? I'm all right. Uh, I'm losing my voice a bit, so bear with me if it does. If I do start getting a bit croaky <laughs> on, a, on a day where we're recording three podcasts, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> you want to get, get some strepsils in for dinner, mate? Going to mate. <laughs> um, before we do uh, our review of NXT UK, as always, we'll have some tidbits and trinkets, and we will start off with yesterday, which was twenty third of September. A couple of birthdays in nineteen ninety two. Angel Garza was born in nineteen eighty eight. Kyrie Sane was born, and finally in nineteen seventy four, Matt Hardy. So happy birthday to all of them from yesterday. Um, just the one pay-per-view from uh, from the 23rd. Well, there were many, uh, but I've just got one for you. Did you say you've got one as well? I'm just going to see if there's anything on the 23rd. I've got one for the 24th. Okay. Um, we're going to go to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, September the 23rd, 2001 for WWF, and they present Unforgiven. Uh, in the opening match is a fatal four-way uh, elimination tag match for the WWF tag team titles. Um, champions Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley uh, retained by defeating Spike Dudley and the Big Show, Lance Storm and the Hurricane and the Hardy Boys. Uh, Perry Saturn defeated Raven. Uh, Christian defeated Edge to win the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Kane and The Undertaker retained the WCW World Tag Team Championships against Brian Adams and Brian Clark. Um, that was unforgettable um <laughs> rob van dam uh, successfully defended the hardcore title against chris jericho uh the rock retained the wcw world heavyweight title in a handicap tag match against booker t and shane sweat mcmahon um <laughs> rhino defeated tajiri to become the wcw united states title title champion uh and in the main event kurt angle defeated stone cold steve austin by submission to win the wwf world heavyweight championship nice. sounds like an all right pay-per-view that yeah um some of it does I, I, some I do, of it does i do remember it that angle austin match is banging which yeah. obviously because Daniel versus austin and he don't fuck around <laughs> did uh did you have anything for the 23rd or was your one just for the 24th um, I think I've got one for the 23rd. I'm just double-checking another one here. See what this is over. Nah, won't do that. We'll do this one. So, in 2012, New Japan presents Destruction. Yeah, that is uh, one I glossed over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, in the opening match, Takashi Azuka and to- Tomohiro Ishii 
defeated Captain Fucking New Japan. <laughs> your brother from another mother, Tamatonga. Yes, boy. Um, Alex Shelley, Bushi, and Kushida defeated Alex Kozlov, Gado, and Rocky Romero. Um, Loki defeated Daisuke Sasaki. This is this is the one I'm excited about. The Killer Elite Squad and Minoru Suzuki, aka Harry Smith and Lance Archer, defeated Hiroshi Tenzan, um, Satoshi Kojima, and Yuji Nagata in a six-man tag. Togi Makabe defeated Kengo Mashimo. He's me to say. Katsuyoro Shibata and Kazushi Sakuraba defeated Takahashi and Hiromu Takahashi, not Yoshi, not um, Yujiro even, and Wataru Inoue. And uh, it, this is where the card starts getting interesting. Kota Ibushi def- defended the junior heavyweight title against Raisuke Taguchi. Um, nice. Hiroki Goto and Carl Anderson and Tetsuya Naito defeated Akada, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Yujiro Takahashi. Fucking hell. Random as fuck. That's, yeah. <laughs> Just pick um, a mix, throw some names in. And in the main event, which I'm going to have to go back and find this match because I reckon this will absolutely fuck. Hiroshi Tanahashi defended the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Championship. Go Ace! Go Ace! Okay. Now, Michi Marafuji in what a match I thought would never have fucking happened because they worked for different companies, but yeah, man. apparently not. So that's, yeah. that's exciting. Definitely, so, yeah, definitely I'll, want I'll to go back and find. Definitely be seeking that one out. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, man. Uh, let's go to the 24th. Today's date, uh, a few more birthdays. Uh, 1993, Sonia Deville. 1985, Shane Thorne. Thorne? Thorne. Uh, and in 1976, Stephanie McMahon. Uh, mm-hmm. Two pay-per-views, 2017 from Los Angeles, California in the Staples Center, WWE presents No Mercy. Uh, dark match, Elias defeated Apollo Crews. Uh, the Miz defeated uh, Jason Jordan to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Finn Balor defeated Bray Wyatt. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins defeated The Bash, Sheamus Seam- uh, and Cesaro to retain the Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, Alexa Bliss defeated Bailey, Emma, Nia Jax, and Sasha Bax in a fatal five-way uh, to retain the Raw Women's Championship. Roman Reigns defeated John Cena. Enzo Amore defeated oh, Neville. Enzo what? Amore Wait, defeated what? Neville to become cruiserweight champion. What? I know. No wonder he fucking left. <laughs> no wonder he fucking walked out. You don't pack like that. Ah, and then the main event, <laughs> Brock Lesnar defeated Braun Strowman to retain the Universal Championship. Finally, on the 24th of September, Florida, Orlando, in the Impact Zone, 2006, TNA presents No Surrender. Uh, Eric Young defeated A1. I don't know who A1 is. I remember, them as, I remember them as a shit boy band. Don't a- A1 was basically like the Team Canada's answer to test. Right. He, okay. looked, he looked like Canadian Triple H. Right, okay. A- so. but he shit. <laughs> but he was absolute garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and then Jay Lethal uh, defeated PC Williams. Uh, Abyss defeated Brother Runt and Raven in a triple threat. Uh, was that for anything or not? No, I think that's a monster ball, was it? No, no, it was just just a no. triple threat. 
Yeah. I'm, I remember that match being fucking wild, though. Yeah. Um, tag Team Battle Royale. Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens defeated Alex Shelley and BG James. Uh, it was Road Dog, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Harris and David Young. Elix Skipper and James Storm. Johnny and Divine. Kazarian and Kip Sabian. Lance Hoyt and Maverick Matt. Norman Smiley and Ron Killings and Shark Boy. Uh, fucking hell. That's a clusterfuck. Um, yeah, don't worry about it. So, <laughs> Senshi defeated Chris Sabin uh, to, I think, retain the NWA X Division title. Christian Cage defeated Rhino. Uh, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels defeated Hernandez and Homicide in an Ultimate X tag team match for the NWA tag team titles. And in the main event, a fan's favorite lumberjack match, Samoa Joe defeated Jeff Jarrett. I don't even know what that, what's a fan's, oh, sorry. Did I say fan's favorite? Fan's revenge, fan's revenge um, lumberjack. So what is basically, that? Th- this was Jeff Jarrett having balls the size of space hoppers because <laughs> he, so he was like the top heel and he was, he was like genuinely hated because he was just like, like Triple H reign of terror at that point. Right. So what they did was they put him in a lumberjack match where they picked select, like they picked fans out of the crowd and gave them belts. And if Jarrett got thrown out the ring, they could whip the shit out of him with the belts. Wow. Yeah. It was a fucking weird match. It was mental. It was like, why would you do that? 2006 TNA, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, mate. Well, if you want to want to go back three years to 2003 TNA. I, I mean, I don't, but we're going to, aren't we? Let's, let's drop some acid, kids. Um, <laughs> so we go to Tennessee State Fairgrounds Arena uh, for the NWA TNA Weekly Pay-Per-View number 62. This was back when TNA didn't have a TV deal. They, didn't, they were just doing weekly pay-per-views. So okay. in the opening match, Jerry Lynn defeated Chris Saban, Frankie Kazarian, Juventu Guerrera, and Kazunari Nas- Nasawa in a five-way elimination match. Um, I have no idea what the, this is, so just bear with me. NWA Black Shirt at Security 1 and 2 defeated NWA Red Shirt at Security 1 and 2. Fucking hell. Really? Um, <laughs> Terry Taylor defeated Kid Cash, which didn't think Terry Taylor was... Red Rooster was still fucking wrestling then. But here we are. Um, Jeff Jarrett defeated Christopher Daniels. David Young, Glenn Gilberti, a.k.a. Disco Inferno, and Simon Diamond defeated the three live crew, which is BG James, Conan, and R-Truth. <laughs> this sounds this like is, a, a really difficult watch. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a, it sounds like essential viewing though, at the same time. <laughs> um, Dusty Rhodes and AJ Styles. I said, are you, are you, you heard me right. I said Dusty, not Dustin. Dusty. Dusty Rhodes and AJ Styles went to a no contest in a bunkhouse match. Fuck um, me, dead. <laughs> and in the main event, CM Punk, Julio Dinero, and Raven defeated Shane Douglas, Sin and Slash in a dog collar six man tag. J- wow. Different time, mate. Different time, mate. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this was one of Punk's last TNA shows as well, because. It was around. He went to Ring of Honor. Yeah, well, it was around the time where like they were trying to like sign people down to exclusive deals, right? And they tried to sign him, like say he couldn't work Ring of Honor. He went, nah, I'm just gonna go back to Ring of Honor because he started the feud in TNA with Raven in this match, right? And then he finished it in Ring of Honor. 
Oh, okay. Because he wasn't wrestling for TNA anymore. Right, right. Fair enough. Weird time. Very weird time. That was your tidbits, folks. More of those cool. next time. Uh, let's talk NXT UK. This week's episode um, kicks off with the semi-final of the Heritage Cup number one contender tournament where Wolfgang takes on Teoman. Um, both accompanied by their respective like partners as well. So the rest of Gallus come in with Wolfgang and uh, Raja comes in with Teoman. I, um, I have a gripe about this already. Already? Yeah. The bell hasn't even gone? Yeah. So last week, Wolfgang said, I'll leave my boys, you leave yours. Oh, he did, didn't he? And then he and yet, here they are with both of them. Mm. Oh, God, shit. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, Wolfgang was the early aggressor. Um, just really dominated Tayman for, for most of that first round. Uh, Tayman starts to try and briefly target the arm, but Wolfgang's just having none of it. And then about two minutes, I think it's exactly two minutes in, uh, Wolfgang hits the Kabatos and gets the first pin. I'm assuming the Kabatos is now Wolfgang's finisher. Yeah, I guess so. Because he, he used it, not, was it last week, week before? Week before, I think. Um, so yeah, that, I'm just going to guess that's his finisher. Saying that, like he's used the spear as a finisher as well. And his spear, I think, looks quite impressive. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, second round, Wolfgang, again, really aggressive out of the gates, dominates quite early on, hits a massive lariat, sends Terman to the outside. Uh, and then sort of on the way back in, Terman uses the ring skirt to tie him up uh, and just sort of blindsides him, gains control. Uh, gets up to the top rope, bits a missile drop kick to his head. Um, and then just as the bell goes, Wolfgang absolutely levels him. Third round, Tayman uses the distraction of Raja on the outside uh, to hit a basement drop kick, um, starts to target the arm again. And then as Wolfgang's kind of up on the floor a bit dazed, he hits that kind of like sliding right hook uh, and picks up the second pin. So it's one all. And then round four, um, off the back of that, Tayman comes out fighting quite strong with the momentum in his favour, continues to target the arm. Um, Wolfgang keeps fighting through the pain of that, uh, hits a corner cross body, and then Raja gets up in the apron, sees that his man's kind of in uh, in peril, tries to cause a distraction. Mark Coffey comes over, drops him, and then Teoman off that distraction, kind of spins around and walks straight into a spear uh, for the win for Wolfgang. So the final is Wolfgang and uh, Noam Dar. Which this brings me to my second grade. So, too many Scots. Well, that, that's just a given, really, isn't it? Um, <laughs> no, it, it's like they've done so much work and building Tayman mm. and like saying, "Oh, he's undefeated. No one's beating him." Yeah. So from to just kind of lose like that, like he didn't really put much of a fight up either, did he? No, it, it didn't feel like any of his other matches. Like there wasn't that same level of kind of aggression and. Mm. Yeah, it, it felt like the Wolfgang's victory was like kind of beyond doubt at that point. Mm. Um, and also, so that that was it. Like they they built it up to the point where it was like, okay, well, if they keep keep that going, when Tayman does finally lose, it can be important. Mm. So they just kind of threw that away. And also, my other gripe is that we've literally got Noam Dar and Wolfgang who've already had previous matches with. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think Wolfgang's had a previous match with Tyler. I think it was Mark Coffey, wasn't it? Yes, it was Mark Coffey. Yeah. Either way, they like Gallus and Noam have already had previous with Tyler Bate. Whereas it would have been nice to see someone fresh in there. 
yeah, Taylor was like a fresh, like fresh face. You could, mm. as they wouldn't have hurt him losing to Tyler Bate. Whereas I don't think it hurt him losing to Wolfgang really, but I just would have wanted to see him put a bit more of a fight, like be a it, bit more it devious. Could've, they could have, yeah, they could have made it like a bigger deal, Taylor losing mm. if it was like him losing it again in like against Tyler Bates or even in the final against like whoever. Yeah. Um, instead of, oh yeah, he gets to the semis and then he loses his first match and now it's like, oh, oh. yeah. There, there goes a bit of the mystique. It's just falling a bit flat. I get you. Um, I'm in agreement. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think this match didn't really click for me either. Like, No, it didn't. I feel like... It's been the least have- least entertaining of all the Heritage Cup match within this tournament. Yeah, they didn't really have a great deal of chemistry, I don't think. No. And it was like, it was like abundantly clear of that as well. It was like, all right, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. Together and just have Wolfgang throw him around like a piece of shit for fucking That's 10. pretty much all it was like. Yeah. Yeah. Was disappointing in that sense. Um, but hopefully Terman bounces back because I enjoy him a lot as a character, as in ring stuff. The whole thing with the eye. Um, we'll see. Maybe they use this defeat as kind of like a, a building block for him to require oh, more members. People, yeah. 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 That's a good shout. Because then yeah. he can take, he needs a third person to take down Gallus anyway, doesn't Exactly. He? Like we'll get that kind of like revenge match and it may well be a three on three. So he'll have to have someone else. So we'll see. Um, I wouldn't be against him. Well, not him, but them putting like a female member in there as well. We've got mm-hmm. subculture as a, as a woman in there. We've got, I say, they're not really a faction. They are, I guess, Ginny and, and Connors. So this would be pretty cool. If they added someone to that. Maybe someone like, I don't know, Blair Davenport could be quite cool. Yeah. Speaking of which, we get her with a piece of camera. Um, I think it's meant to look like it's sort of filmed on her phone because obviously she's been... When- when did, Bad. Um, when did Blair Davenport become the Shield? <laughs> she uh, she says bad things will happen until she's reinstated, basically. Um, I like this. I like her just like fucking people over at any opportunity because yeah. she's not really meant to be there. And it's just like, it's going to have to, well, that thing is going to keep happening until she's reinstated. Like, And it'll be interesting to see how far they kind of, they allow her to, to go until the eventual kind of reinstatement happens. Like, does she just go straight for Satamora? Or, like, I, I don't know. But it's cool. I like what they're doing with her. Yeah. Uh, then in the Performance Centre, uh, Sam Gradwell uh, is seen walking out of Subculture's kind of little uh, shooting area. Um, and it's just... Oh, Sam it's- Gradwell with the uh, unlikely face turn. <laughs> <laughs> I pop like oh. a... Walking over Sam Gradwell there. I'm not going to lie to you. I absolutely was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> so he comes out of their little space and it's the cameraman following them and they're just like, oh, hi, hi Subculture. What are you up to today? Mark Holmes like, oh, we're just going to go and film some content. Do you want to come with us? Fuck off. It's so not Blue Peter, ed- dickhead. That's so fucking edgy. So fucking edgy. We're going to go to our, spe- our special spot in the corner where we've got our graffiti on the wall. Yeah. Um, like, and is Mark Andrews Banksy? <laughs> <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you, fucking isn't Flash Morgan Webster. Did you see him spraying that wall? <laughs> Jesus, wet. <laughs> it was, it was literally like when they were trying to fix it, and uh, he was just spraying like 
a bit that was already black, just spraying it with more black paint. It's like, what are you doing, Dickie? <laughs> Uh, Gradwell comes out and says that he sprayed Yog across their subculture banner. Yog culture. Um, Top babyface Sam Gradwell. (laughs) Who'd have thought it? In 2021, we get babyface Sam Gradwell (laughs) feuding with the dastardly subculture. (laughs) So yeah, undoubtedly we're going to get Gradwell against either uh, Flash or Andrews. Uh, Then we go backstage to Gallus celebrating in Devlin's dressing room, drinking his coffee. uh, And then he comes in, sees him in there. They then steal his glasses, push him out of his own dressing room. Um, There's a line that Mark Coffee, uh, is it Joe Joe Coffee says? And he's just like, hey, that's that's my coffee. He's like, oh, coffee. That's my name as well. Get out. Just fucking launches him out. And he's like, I'm telling Johnny Saint like a child. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They then announce. Green chill vibes. Uh, they don't announce later. Uh, Devlin and Joe Coffee uh, gonna go one right. one next all, week. Like piled into like the little window as well, like fucking Ed, Ed and Eddie. Just down there, that's it. <laughs> God, right. uh, next up, we get Isla Dawn versus Ginny. Um, this is all right, actually. It wasn't the spooky nonsense from Isla Dawn that we have seen in previous weeks. As she was really, really aggressive from the start. Um, yeah, refreshing to see that she wasn't just kind of like skulking her way around the ring and, and, and looking Joseph a bit odd. Con, once again, being fantastic at being like a snivelling little shit. Yeah. Big, big he, fan he, of that. He's fucking thriving in that role. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> um, yeah. Like just, I'd say really aggressive from Isla Dawn. Ginny briefly takes control, uh, but Dawn just gets back on top of things, more aggressive attacks and really strikes. Cool move, like Ginny did, where like Isla had her down, like Ginny was like on one knee. And as Isla was like going to like get her in for like a suplex or something, Ginny just grabbed the head and drove it into a knee. Yeah. Yeah. And just these just like kicked the shit out of each other. Yeah, it was quite heavy, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a spot on the outside where Dawn grabs Connors by the hands and goes full Papa Shango. Um, and he's like, what, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you doing to me? Get off me. Get off me. Your head's gone. What are you doing? Um, and then in the ring, um, Towards the finish, well, the finish of the match. Uh, Isla Dawn's on the top rope, or maybe the second. Uh, Connors is on the outside, off that distraction um, of her kind of looking over, talking to him. Ginny hits the the makeover face buster, which look it looks like a nasty move. It's just pretty that cool. Was fucking nasty. Yeah, man. Like well, just normally straight she, down. Normally she it? does it like a fucking X Factor, doesn't she? Mm. And it's like she like just drove her off the top. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, she hits that uh, and picks up the win, which is good. Ginny needed a win. Uh, yeah, I feel like we need to build Ginny up to be like Mako's next like big opponent. Mm. Like not like a takeover level opponent because I don't think I'd, the more the more things seem to be changing within WWE, the less likely I think it is we're going to get a takeover or even fans back on NXT UK at this point. Doesn't feel like it, does it? Um, no, I, f- I feel. I feel like they're trying to like keep that as like just self-sustaining as possible. So putting it in venues and putting fans there, why would they do that? Oh. Um, but yeah, I feel like Mako's obviously Mako's kind of like just at the moment sort of like beating like the sort of not B level, but you know like just just the just the yeah. sort of bump in the road um, as far as like competitors go like a Mel and Stevie Turner people who are very good and very credible challengers mm. but 
they're not like already like pre-established. They're not. They're not like you could. You couldn't look at them and go, "Oh yeah, they're they're going to be a real threat." Yeah, I think I think the the main threat and the way they're building her up at the moment is absolutely like kind of going towards that is Blair Davenport. See, I th- I think it's going to be Amelia McKenzie. I think they're going to do because they're doing Amelia beating whoever. They whoever will. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I think, think in terms <laughs> of like heel, like I think Blair Davenport, that was like way, way down the line. I think Ginny's a bit closer on the horizon. Yeah. No, yeah. Ginny's certainly next in line. But what I mean is, is in like that, like takeover level thing. Like it feels like, like, oh yeah, they've just had Blair Davenport, like drop Sid Scala in the middle of the ring, like assistant yeah. to the regional manager. And, like no one else puts their hands on like management. So they're clearly like doing a lot of build there, having her come in and just kind of, you know, take people out, even though she's been suspended. I think it's going to be, she goes after Mako in the middle of a match or at the end of a match. That's what leads to it. But they build and they build and build to that. Yeah. Like the, the thing, the cool thing about it at the moment is as well, is there is like kind of a lot of like, sort of a lot of different, like, sort of pots for them to pull from for like for challenges for Mako like as I say feels like they're keeping Ginny and Mako as far apart as possible for when that eventual match happens mm. um, Davenport's unpredictable she could come every any time before she got injured Aoife Valkyrie was definitely being primed to be the person to probably dethrone or at least push Mako to the limit because she was yeah. doing the whole redemption thing mm. and then obviously Amelia McKenzie as well with the student teacher thing going on yeah. And that, that's before you factor in, like, they could just, like, throw in, like, a random, like, Danny Luna or yeah. Zion Brookside or even, yeah. go, even go back to, like, Amel or Stevie Turner mm-hmm. or go Nina Samuels. Like, they've, yeah. they've literally, they've got themselves in a position with that women's division at the moment where they've got, like, plans B, C, and D also all covered. Mm-hmm. It's really refreshing to see WWE do something like that. Yeah. Because a lot of the time, not to drag main roster too much, but with main roster, you'd, it's literally like the same fucking people. And if, yeah. if it's like, yeah. oh, well, we need to take them off the title picture, let's make them a tag team. Yeah. And that's pretty much all they're doing at the moment with, with the women's division on main. So, so they did a raw, wasn't it? With, um, that, that was the example I was using yeah. with like Nikki and uh, Rhea, where they that's took it. them off the title picture and made them a tag team. And then they our tag team champions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even Jotty and Tegan beat like Natalia and, to me in about 80 downs but just keeping track we'll forget about that don't worry about it <laughs> um, you mentioned Danny Luna Zyra Brookside uh, the next little segment we get is uh, Danny Luna an important set of working out segments. Fuck two that, subculture segments <laughs> um, Zyra Brookside approaches her and just wants to challenge her basically um, harks back to the kind of uh, the message that Mako put out to the women's division a few weeks ago where it was just you know, take your opportunities and, and step up to the plate, this, that, and the other. So, yeah, we'll, uh, I think we'll get that next week, probably in two weeks. I don't think they gave a date on it, but I imagine it'll be next week. Um, yeah. I think, sorry, Brooks, I said something about Danny Luna being like the strongest. Oh, no, I think it's Mark Andrews that's being asked or questioned about Danny Luna being the strongest woman on the roster. And he says he's just the strongest in WWE. Uh, and then Zyra Brooks, comes over and he's like, well, you are strong, but she's she's really fast. She is fast. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see how that pans out. Danny Danny Luna was fucking glaring a hole through him. 
Mark Andrews when he said that, wasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> like she was going to fucking lamp him. <laughs> um, there's then uh, a nice little Charlie Dempsey vignette. This is really nicely shot. I got big, big, big Timothy Thatcher vibes off this. See, I got, I got big Brian Danielson vibes off this. Oh, really? Yeah, like the whole like studying all submission holds and stuff like that, and just the way he kind of like carries himself. I don't know. Obviously, Regal trained uh, Brian Danielson, mm. and. Brian Danielson said in the past that he's like give like pointers and a few tips and mentored a little bit uh, Charlie Dempsey um, so it's that's where I'm, I, I like that sort of thing it's a shame we probably won't get that match anytime soon what match Brian and Dempsey Brian Dempsey because yeah. that, that's one that really intrigues me already yeah I know yeah. it's one that Brian said he really wants to have at some point but not likely to happen anytime soon well, depends depends what happens with Dempsey, I guess, doesn't it? Because Brian's uh, <laughs> Brian's locked in, <laughs> locked into his AEW deal. Um, he is. But yeah, there, there was a few little things as well, like when they were showing him doing like submission holds and like certain mannerisms, where it's like, oh yeah, you can tell you can tell he's regal. So <laughs> yeah, you can. The bit where he just like grimaced as he was doing a move, and he like it was like regal, like same facial facial expression, like yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited because we've only we've only seen that one match, obviously. Mm. Um, but it was very good, and I think now he's had like a few months to kind of like develop himself and um, sort of like sharpen up. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like they're probably going to make him like a big deal. Yeah, hope so. It looks cool. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, so yeah, his debut's next week. After this, we get Trent Seven, uh, Asher Smith, and Oliver Carter arguing over which move is better, the rock bottom or the bookend. Uh, the rock bottom. Not even competition. <laughs> I was going to ask you what you think. It is the rock bottom. Yeah. I, yeah. I love Oliver Carter, but he's smoking some fucking, <laughs> smoking some crack saying that the bookend's better than the rock bottom. Come on now, mate. <laughs> Uh, Trent says it's like comparing Mustache Mountain to Smith and Carter, and so off the back of that, uh, they... I love the fact that when, the, like, when the, the camera guy was coming over, Trent was like, "Get in on this." <laughs> <laughs> off the back of that, um, they offer our well. Is it Trent that offers out the challenge, or is it Smith and Carter? I can't remember. Well, Trent says it, and then they like, they're like, "Whoa, what?" Though? And then he's like, "Oh yeah, well, why don't we? Why don't we put it to the test?" And then he's it. like. They, they ask him what like what about Tyler and he's like oh Tyler's Tyler's meditating don't worry about it so like, Tyler's doing some Wim Hof don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> he's in an ice bath don't worry about it <laughs> you know Oliver Carter's absolutely busting out a bookend in that match yeah 100%. absolutely he's gonna I, I really want it to be Oliver Carter bust out a bookend and gets a two count and then Ashton Smith rock bottoms Trent and he win <laughs> that's what I want to happen because did you see how angry Aston Smith was as well? Well, <laughs> was like, see, bookends better. And then Aston Smith was furious. <laughs> oh man, that'll be a fucking awesome match when we get it. Two, yeah. two of the most over. Well, so yeah, must have matter over. Today, pretty sure they said that was next week. Ooh. Yeah, two two real favorite tag teams there. Like both of them, awesome, yeah. love them. I I. I don't think they will, but I think Smith and Carter should get the winner. 
Yeah. I, I think it doesn't hurt Mustache Mountain to lose that match, whereas Smith and Carter, it won't hurt them either to lose, but it would be very good to see them actually win because mm. they do win every now and again, but they don't win much. Need some momentum. Need to build up some other tag teams. Like there yeah. are other tag teams in the division, but they, you know, there needs to be a team. Whoever's going to face Pretty Deadly next needs some momentum going in. Smith and Carter are definitely deserving of that. Yeah, I, I think they're going to probably do Pretty Deadly Mustache Mountain too. Yeah, that'd be cool as well. I feel like feel like that's them building that that up because obviously Pretty Deadly won by absolute shitbaggery. Oh, what a match that was! If you oh, haven't so- seen that, go back and watch it. It's from what two, three weeks ago. Longer, but six weeks ago, yeah. Really? Yeah. Bloody hell, it's gone quick. Well, anyway, whenever it was, go back and watch it because bloody excellent. Tremendous match. Uh, speaking of tremendous matches, this one was fun, wasn't it? This was fun. Sexy triple threat for the boys. Uh, so this is for the number one contender for Ilya Dragunov's uh, NXT UK Championship, uh, which is Rampage Brown against Nathan Fraser against A-Kid. Um, did A-Kid have a new ring coat? I don't feel like I've seen that before. It looked pretty he good. debuted it in the Devil and I Am Man match. Oh, okay. Which I missed. That would explain yeah. it. Um, also, probably probably the best NXT UK match of the year, in my opinion. What, the Iron Man match? Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Right. Go, go watch that. All right. Stick on when I have my lunch in a bit. Go, go watch that. If, or watch... Uh, Danielson vs Omega if you haven't seen that because that's for, for me <laughs> <laughs> that's that's got a card that Omega energy bloody hell okay uh, anyhow Rampage versus Fraser versus A-Kid uh, our kid uh, so yeah A-Kid and Fraser uh, try to take out Rampage from the start typically smaller men try and take out the one big dominant guy uh, they fail um, and they eventually a few moments later team up to take him out so they can go one on one with each other um, after a bit of back and forth, Brown gets in um, after Aker's taken out by Fraser. Fraser downs him, then Aker tries his luck, manages to get the upper hand, and eventually they get the two-on-one attack against Rampage. Um, Aker drops Fraser. Rampage proves too powerful again, overcomes the odds. Um, Rampage and Fraser at one point are on the top rope, maybe looking for a suplex. Aker then kicks Rampage down in the back of the leg. And then Fraser goes for like a sort of springboard over the top. Aikid catches him out of midair. Look pretty cool. Um, Aikid locks in a submission on Brown and manages to hoist him up for a powerbomb and then dumps him on top of Fraser, which is quite cool. Um, I noticed in this match, like anytime Aikid wanted to try and put Brown away, it would always be a submission. Like he knew he couldn't put him away of a pin, but anytime he wanted to put Fraser away, it was with a move and then a pin. That's the kind of vibe that I got. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I, I got very excited when A-Kid was trying to put the armor platter on Rampage. I was like, no, nah, he's not going to be able to do that. He's not going to be able to do that. We've seen the size of him. Thick in arm. Thick in head. They're like fucking logs. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> this, this match had like major like Jurassic Park energy for me. Like Rampage was like the T-Rex and like Fraser and A-Kid were like the two well, Velociraptors. Two, two Raptors. <laughs> yeah, two Raptors just snapping at the tails and Rampage just comes in and like yeets them across the ring like the T-Rex. <laughs> just like the end of Jurassic Park. Perfect. <laughs> um, where are we at? Fraser goes uh, over the top rope, either side of the ring, uh, takes out both men with a couple of dives. Um, and then goes to drop a kid with a reverse DDT in the ring. Uh, Brown gets involved. Fraser locks him in on the other side and drops both men. Pretty cool spot. Uh, Brown at one point puts both men down with an impressive looking belly to back suplex. Uh, a kid then hits a Rana. 
um, from the top rope uh, using Fraser as the assist for his balance again. Really cool spot. Um, Fraser looks to go for some sort of springboard move off the middle rope. So he approaches the middle rope in the ring. And as he kind of bounce, goes to bounce back of it, Ake is right behind him, slides under and hits one of those like sliding German suplexes. Um, Nakamura does those a fair bit. If you've seen that on, on SmackDown and yeah, it's the same, but it's quite a bit of impact with this. Obviously both men are a bit lighter, a bit quicker. So yeah, look cool. Um, Aker goes for the submission on both men simultaneously. Um, but can't fully lock it in. Uh, Brown then power bombs him again. Fraser then super kicks Brown and all men are down. And then kind of into the, the last act of the match, if you like, Fraser manages to hoist up uh, Rampage for a scoop slam. Uh, Aked on the top rope is then met by Fraser, who hits a really impressive like fall away slam with like almost like a sort of flip added in. Like it was, yeah. it was fucking cool. Fresh out of the bandy. They'll playbook that boy. Is it? Yeah. Bandy nice. does it off the middle rope though because he's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> um, off the back of that, uh, Fraser goes for the pin attempt. Brown manages to break it up. Um, Aked lots in the sleeper on Brown, who transition he transitions that round into a guillotine, and then Brown transitions that up into a suplex. And just as he's about to drop him, Fraser nails him with a super kick for two. Uh, Brown then co- uh, catches Fraser's crossbody attempt, turns that into a power slam. And then he absolutely doctor bombs the soul out of him, um, yeah. which is <laughs> fucking nasty. Aked breaks up the pin attempt, locking in the sleeper. Uh, Brown then tries to use the ropes to break out of it, but gets dumped to the outside, which leaves Fraser and Aked one-on-one. And then Aked hits a German release on Fraser and quickly follows up with his big leaping kick from the corner to win. And he's a new number one contender. Yeah, I th- I'm, I'm fine with Aked winning. I'm happy he won because yeah. Aked's probably my favourite out of the three of these. Um, at the same time, I think Rampage would have probably been hit less taking a pin than Fraser at this point. Do you reckon? Yeah, like Fraser's getting really dangerously close. They're getting lost in the shuffle. Mm. Like we said it last week when he just came out and was like, what the fuck are you doing here? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like compared to Aker the Rampage, you have had like big marquee win- wins, and then Fraser's like lost a lot after yeah. like going away for a few months, and then coming yeah. back, and then going away for a few months, coming back, and he's like, Fraser's fantastic, and I, he definitely will be a big player in WWE in the coming years. I think, hmm. um, but at the same time, I think he's really needs like to sort of keep his momentum a bit. Whereas, whereas Rampage like would probably he'd probably like just shrug off getting pinned in that match because he had like two guys teaming on on a yeah. most of them. Yeah, yeah. And that's a plausible kind of like way to go. Oh yeah, well Rampage Rampage had these two. Whereas Fraser it was like literally that part of the match was just him and Aked. Yeah. So yeah. it's like oh yeah, Aked's better than him. Which it, it's I mean yeah, but. <laughs> I, 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 I just, know what you mean, I, just thought, I just feel like Rampage would have probably been able to like sus- withstand the pinfall loss there over Fraser. Like mm. they, they put themselves. Doesn't up- feel like Fraser's been doing an awful lot. Yeah, and considering how like much fanfare he came in with, and like I, I remember myself, yeah. I was really excited based off like the two matches he had in AEW, yeah. and the, I think he had one in Impact as well. Mm. But the basically the matches he'd had. Uh, that I'd seen I was like yeah this guy's gonna fucking go far because he reminds me of AJ Styles a lot mm-hmm. and the fact that he's kind of just getting as you say lost in the shuffle a little bit 
Yeah, it, it's it's so almost really, like the way TNA booked AJ Styles, where they knew they had like this guy, and like, oh yeah, we can push him later, and then it's like, if you keep fucking devaluing him, then you're gonna no have to like, gonna care about him. You're gonna have have your work cut out for him, and that's what that's where I feel Nathan mm. Fraser at the moment. I don't feel like he's completely devalued, but I feel like now to kind of getting back to feeling like a big deal, they've got the work cut out for them because they're gonna yeah. have to get on a string of wins and. Who's that gonna be? Like that mm. it's got to the point where him just like holding his own against like guys who are in that top echelon isn't gonna cut it. I think I he think needs he to needs to start beating them. He needs to start getting some wins to start like re-establishing himself as yeah. who he is. And yeah, I agree. But I not to take away from the match, the match itself was fantastic. Um, yeah. I, I was surprised they gave it to Aker this early. Really? I thought Akid was. I suppose, yeah, just needs to be kept away from it a bit, considering like he lost it only a matter of months ago. Yeah, sorry, no, I'm thinking of the Heritage Cup. No, I I think Akid's quite like he's got like a shit on momentum at the moment, so I get why they put him with Ilya, but Mm. also Ilya's absolutely not losing that first match. No, and again, Rampage would have probably. been able to like kind of weather that loss it would but you could have argued that it's too soon after he'd already lost a match to dragon off the triple threat yeah that's true but at the same time a guy of rampage's size you just got to look at him and go yeah well he can be considered the credible threat anytime <laughs> anytime yeah that that's that's the that's the thing with rampage being like a fucking hoss that mm. he can always be a threat whereas a guy like Aker, who's smaller and a bit more of a technician guy like Fraser, who's like more of a high flyer, they can't always be considered a threat. So that's why they need to kind of keep them protected a bit more to to feel feasible as being like a main player. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I would have been, as I said this last week, I would have been happy with whoever won this match because either way, them against Ilya one-on-one is going to be a fun match. Yeah. And I think Ilya and Aikid's probably going to be like a sleeper hit as far as like match of the year candidates go oh absolutely um, man. much like Akid versus Walter was earlier in the year mm-hmm. much like Akid and Devlin in that uh, I am a match was like it's Akid always delivers He's he reminds me a lot of uh, Brian Danielson in that sense mm-hmm. like he, he's got similar style he's very 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 talented and um, yeah, yeah either, either way Whoever won this match, we all won as fans because we're going to get Ilya versus one of these guys. Of course, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Sweet. Uh, so off the back of that, what were your highs and lows on this week's episode? Um, my high was the main event mm-hmm. and my low was Tayman versus Wolfgang. Um, Agreed. I, I felt the show itself kind of felt a bit flat this week. A little bit. The last it two been, weeks have been up there. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't feel as. It didn't feel as good as it could have been. Um, mm. I felt like some stuff was a little bit rushed. Like the Ginny and Isla Dawn just having the match was a little bit rushed. Like he could have probably dragged that out a little, a little bit more mm-hmm. as far as building it up. Um, the I say Wolfgang Tayman, they just didn't click, did they? No, no. And then the the 
what could be considered a war crime, two fucking subculture segments. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> fucking playing uh, <laughs> I agree uh, with <clears throat> both your highs and lows for exactly the same reason. Yeah. Um, so I won't go on too much. Uh, anyway, that wraps up this week's review of NXT UK. Thank you as always for joining us. Very, very much appreciated. If you don't already, give us a follow on all of our social medias, Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, uh, Twitter, Twitch and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Uh, and if you do get a moment, feel free to give us a review or a rating on whatever streaming platform you use. We'll catch you next time, guys. All the best. Bye. Bye. And now a word from our sponsors. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Do you like wrestling? You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Check out topropebrewing.com, our very own Big Tasties brewery. They do a great deal of wrestling-themed beers, including Cold Stone Cream Austin Ice Cream Pale Ale and Papa Mango Mango Pale Ale also. They also do an array of T-shirts, masks, cans, and mini kegs. Check out topropebrewing.com, or if you live in the Liverpool area, go to the Brew Tap in Bootle. And thatchface.com, where if you've got a minging beard, you can get beard balms, oils, and grooming kits. They also do apparel. If you put whatever you want in your basket and then go, Aaron, where do you get your discount? You go into the promo code at the bottom, type in UWP20 for 20% off. And proceeds of your purchase do go to test out your cancer charities. must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast housing.